today on Lawyers Rising. I think the big thing to remember is if you want to work for someone else, you have to tone your ego down and want to work for someone else. The only six factors prestigious law firms care about when hiring. Hello and welcome. I'm joined today by uh, two members of the BCG Attorney Search team. Bree Mills is Recruiting Manager and Harrison Barnes is the Chief Executive and Managing Director. Good morning to you all. Good morning. Good morning. So today we're going to talk about an article, Harrison, that you published recently at bcgsearch.com. It's titled, The Only Six Factors That Law Firms Care About When Hiring. So I thought we'd talk about those six factors, why they're so important to understand when trying to get hired. But let me just begin just by listing those six factors, then we'll break each one down individually. So they are, number one, can the firm sell you to their clients? Can you do the job the way the firm wants it done? Do you want the job? Will you fit in? Can the firm manage you and will you stay at the job long term? Harrison, talk to me about developing those six factors and why you think those are the only ones that really matter in the end. Well, when a law firm's hiring you, I mean, they're looking at a, a bunch of different things. And, and depending on the law firm, you know, they're going to have different needs. But ideally, when a law firm's hiring someone, those are, I would say, the, the most important and really the only factors that matter. I mean, and if, and if someone's kind of off base with one of those, then the law firm's not going to hire them. But, you know, you have to keep in mind, too, that the, the better law firms can have these, you know, very strict criteria for the people that they hire. But, you know, as you kind of move down the food chain and it's harder for law firms to recruit people, you know, they won't necessarily follow that as closely. Bree, before we get into the list, do you want to add anything? Uh, no, I mean, I think Harrison's right on the money that there are very sort of specific factors required for, for big firms. So, I mean, I think we should get into it. Okay. Number one, can the firm sell you to their clients? This is an interesting way to phrase it. Why does the firm need to sell the, their new hires to their clients? Can you, can you explain that? Well, the first thing is, I mean, that they want different clients are going to have different needs. So, you know, in the most sophisticated law firms, they're going to be very concerned about the person's education, what they look like kind of on paper. Typically, when a law firm is showing who's going to work on a case and sending out a proposal to law firms, they'll or to clients, they'll send a, an email or, you know, with a, attachments to show the person's education and so forth and their experience and different awards and things. And so that's what typically happens in large law firms because general counsel, people that are hiring the attorneys want to believe that the best people are working on their matter. And a law firm in many cases is hired by sophisticated clients based on the quality of their attorneys. Now, as you move down the chain, you know, and you get into things like consumer bankruptcy or, you know, you might have divorce attorneys and stuff, people care much less about that. And so the quality of the attorneys doesn't necessarily matter because the person consuming the legal services, which, you know, the person might not even be educated, doesn't really know the difference between a good lawyer and a bad lawyer. So, but ultimately the law firm needs to be able to sell you to their clients and, you know, the more sophisticated matters that someone's working on, you know, the better attorneys are going to require. Bree, I wonder if new lawyers just starting out fully understand that they are the product that is being sold to clients. Is that the right way to phrase it, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was at um, a large firm, they you put together like pitch materials that you're sending to, to your clients. And one of the first things they do is sort of like who's on the team and a little bit of a bio and a background. And that's literally part of the pitch is, is what kind of attorney you are. And I do not think that people coming into law school 
really have a full understanding of that. I think new lawyers and, and law students in particular have really no idea about the business of law. And you think you're kind of coming in and, and learning these grand concepts about the, you know, how to be a lawyer. But I think throughout the legal profession, there is actually a lot of misinformation or like lack of information or even thinking about law as a business. And certainly big firms are thinking about it as a business. So number two is, can you do the job the way the firm wants it done? This may seem self-evident on its face, Harrison, but you, you kind of expand on this a little bit more in the article about fully understanding what is the job and what you have to do. Can you explain more about that? Well, I mean, the the law firm's going to have uh, you know a need for someone that has a certain type of experience, generally intelligence to do the work. So you know they're obviously concerned with that. You know, a lot of people you know, may not have those abilities, and others may. Ultimately, every position is going to have certain qualifications that they need. So you know, if they're looking for a lateral attorney, they may want the person to have a certain type of experience. But one of the things with attorneys that's kind of interesting is there are actually a lot of bad attorneys out there, and the attorneys may have gone to good schools and they may have gotten jobs in good law firms. But, you know, for whatever reason, when they get into um, like a major law firm, you know, they can have problems. I was astonished. There was when I was practicing law, uh, there was a girl that had graduated from Harvard Law School and she was working in the firm and they let her go. But she she literally could not understand the difference between federal and state law, which is a is a big thing in the legal profession. And so, wow. yeah, so she was, you know, it, she was citing cases from different states to support federal. I mean, it's just it was crazy. And, the, and they, they, the law firm tried to explain it to her a couple of times. And so sometimes people just don't have the ability. I mean, they literally don't. And so the law firm wants to figure that out. And, and one way they can figure that out a lot of times is there are people that will move firms like every year or two or be very desperate to find a new job. And, and generally those people are people that are going to have problems. They're doing something wrong. You just never know what it is because people can be very good at taking tests. But you know, when it comes to practicing law, they may not be good. Bree, is it possible for you to be quite successful at law school, but fail at actually being a lawyer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's two very different types of, of thinking. I mean, it's one thing in law school, you're kind of reading cases and analyzing them. At the law firm, once you actually have to put that into practice, you need to make a case for your client. And, you know, you can kind of understand what the law is, but how do you use that law to its best advantage in, in you know, making a good case for your client is, it is a different skill. I mean, law firms, law schools try to teach you that stuff. And there are some sort of practical courses along that, along those lines, but it's three years of um, a little bit more abstract kind of work. So that's why there's usually is such a big learning curve for first year associates. I mean, I know partners at law firms who are like, first year associates can't write for crap. I mean, they just don't know yet how to actually put the, the work into practice. And so that's, it's a very important year when you first started, especially at a big firm to get up to speed. And if you don't get up to speed, you're not going to get the work. And that's kind of something that Harrison's put forth in his article, which is very true. It's like what a law firm will look at to see if you can do the work is if you're at, if you've been at a different firm, are you busy? Have you been busy? Have you been given significant work? Because if you, you know, if you have built only like 1500 hours in the previous year, that means it doesn't mean that the firm didn't have work. It means that the, the, the partners in charge of handing out the work didn't want to give it to you. There's always plenty of work to be done. And if you're not the one getting it, then you know, a law firm's probably not going to be terribly interested in you because it means you're not you're not performing at the level you should be. Yeah. And one of the things like we talk about kind of a lot of times uh, the law firm person, like Bree said, may not be able to work with other people, you know, or they may, they may just not be interested in, you know, doing a lot of deep work, deep research and so forth, the way the firm wants it. So um, every firm is going to have what, you know, want to um, have worked on a certain way. 
and people actually may not do the work the way the firm wants it done. So number three really relates to this. And it's, do you want the job? Which might be a surprising question. You're applying for jobs after all, but you really give a detailed breakdown of the questions you need to ask yourself before you set out on this path about whether or not you really want the job. Can you expand on that, Harrison? Well, a lot of times, um, you know, when when an attorney goes into interviews, if somebody really wants to to practice law, they show a lot of enthusiasm and they'll be excited about the firm and 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 they'll really connect with it and they'll they'll talk about why they like it and be enthusiastic about the subject matter. And so a lot of people like that will be unhappy practicing law and they may just decide they want to look at other law firms or or do something else. And those people, they usually can can figure it out. So if someone's not coming into their interviews with a lot of enthusiasm, it's not genuine and they're not connecting with the interviewers, then you know they can they can usually tell. And, and in most cases, what I've noticed is when someone starts a search and they get a couple interviews and it's their first choice firm, they'll usually get the job with the firm that they really want to work at because their enthusiasm and desire for the, the position really comes through when they start interviewing. And uh, I think that that's something that you know law firms can pick up on. And law firms, you know, are like they they want to hire people that like them. So if someone's not enthusiastic about it, the law firm's not going to make them an offer because it's it's a huge risk on the law firm's part. I mean, the law firm is going to spend money training them and bringing them up to speed. And then if they leave, it's going to be, you know, like it's going to hurt the morale of people around them. So yeah, so law firm, it's very important that the person want the job. And just to kind of add to that, you know, we have had cases with candidates who think that they are just hot stuff and they have literally gone to an interview kind of thinking, well, this law firm has to sell themselves, has to sell themselves on me. And there is kind of that mentality sometimes with some kind of elite lawyers uh, is that they are the hot commodity that the law firm should want. And literally there's this guy who would go to interviews and he would say, well, I'm really just looking for a make me move kind of offer, which is just so ridiculously backwards. You know, you're not showing the law firm that you're actually interested in them or they'll go and they try to be kind of very cool about things. I mean, the law firm really wants to see that you're enthusiastic. And we've gotten specific feedback from firms that like this guy just did not seem enthusiastic about us at all. And we're, we're certainly not going to move forward with him, even though he might have very good credentials and otherwise be a great attorney. I find it interesting that in the interview, if the the firm is asking the right questions, they can pretty quickly discern whether or not somebody really wants to do this or not. It's kind of a hard thing to, to fake. Right. I mean, they want they want people um, and the way the whole the law firms kind of set up, it's interesting. I mean, they want people that want to be partners and, you know, have a lot of responsibility in the firm. And, um, and that's one reason there's a bias towards much younger people because they still have that drive and so forth. And they, they want to be part of it. And, uh, you know, so yeah, so I think, you know, the, the thing is, is that there's a lot of attorneys out there that especially, you know, major cities that who who would prefer to work inside of a, a company or, or do something else that's really unrelated to working in a law firm and can generally sniff those people out. I mean, one of the interesting things, for example, is Yale Law School. Like you would think that people coming out of Yale Law School, which is a very difficult law, the hardest law school to get into, and you have to be really, really smart to go there, would have the most luck in the job market because of the law school they went to. But in most cases, you know, the attorneys coming out of there really don't want to practice in a law firm. And so they, they actually don't do as well as you would think they would in, in interviews and so forth. Number four, will you fit in? This is a question that maybe many people have difficulty understanding the importance of about actually being 
able to fit into the the culture of any particular law firm. And indeed, corollary to that is understanding what the culture is of the law firm that you're applying to. Yeah, um, I think that oftentimes people think of the interview as being very much like it's all about the work. But oftentimes the best and most successful interviews are interviews where you really have connected with the person that you're interviewing with, because that person is thinking like, do I want to interact with this person on a day to day basis? And will we have a good working relationship? So, you know, it's important to be able to go into an interview with that in mind of like, I, this is not just me showing a boxed in version of myself and not giving them any of my actual personality, but let me let my personality shine through. Because if I, if we have a love connection there, then that kind of box is ticked for the interviewer. Like, yes, this person is a good kind of cultural fit for our firm. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge mistake, I think, when attorneys don't realize the importance of culture, because I mean, there's there's literally, there's like law firms that are composed of, you know, lots of former athletes or, you know, guys that were in fraternities, guys that were in fraternities, like just different types of personalities. And it goes along religious and ethnic lines and, and all sorts of things. So, you know, typically there's a certain type of person that a law firm will hire and, and they, they tend to be quite uniform, you know, in terms of the type of people. So that's one of the things they're looking for. And it's interesting because a lot of times when people go to interviews, they do, they do think it's just about the work, but it really has nothing to do with it. I mean, I would say that being able to fit in is is probably one of the the absolute most important things, unless the law firm is just, you know, has a ton of business and and is not, you know, needs to bring in people very quickly and then that sort of thing. But the largest law firms definitely have cultures and, you know, hire a certain type of person. Well, that, the question then is for a younger lawyer or even just a law student just coming out into the workforce, how do you know what you'll fit into? What are the questions you one has to ask themselves to, to fully understand what kind of culture they're going to be able to uh, to work in? Well, I mean, everyone's a different kind of person. So I think, you know, I think that's part of what happens in law firm interviews is they're kind of, you know, they're kind of sniffing out um, if you're what kind of person you are and um, and whether or not they're comfortable with you. And, it, and it's the same thing because there's you know, different kinds of people connect. I mean, it's just, you know, are, are, are comfortable in different types of organizations. So you really don't know. You know, I think the best way is just to talk to multiple people. But there's definitely like there's certain types of personalities that you just see that certain firms hire. And it's it's interesting to me. And then I think even after, the, and then when people start at the firms, they tend to become even somewhat similar in a lot of the firms. So, but you don't know. I mean, it's it's a good question. Although I think what you can do um, is, is potentially see if you can find a contact, not somebody who will be interviewing you, but see if you can find a contact maybe through your LinkedIn network or someplace, some other kind of connection that you can actually ask these real questions to. Sometimes I think people mistake. So when you go to like an interview at a big firm, it's usually this like full day of interviews and there includes that includes like a lunch. And the lunch is usually with like very junior associates. Um, and I think sometimes people mistake that as an opportunity to ask some real questions about the culture and the work and all that kind of stuff that, you know, are a little bit that you wouldn't want to necessarily be asking somebody who's interviewing you. So you really, it's great to find somebody who's completely outside of the interview process and, and reach out to them. When I was at this big firm, like people who went to my law school would reach out to me all the time and just say, I'd love to talk to you about the firm and see what your input is. Um, and so get a little bit of that outside perspective that won't actually affect you know how you're being viewed in the interview process. Um, so just leverage your your network. I mean, the law, the law firm network, the law school network is an absolute goldmine. Okay. So that segues nicely into the fifth factor. Can the firm manage you? Which is not maybe a question folks often ask themselves. What do you mean by that, Harrison? Can the firm 
manage you? How do you be manageable, as it were? Well, I mean, people need to be manageable. I mean, some people don't want to be managed. I mean, they may think very highly of themselves. They may have certain beliefs about they shouldn't have to work so hard or they should only be given certain types of work. They may believe that they don't have to play by the, the law firm's rules. I mean, I've seen lots of attorneys you know, get into trouble because you know they discover something that their client has done that's bad, which is the reason people hire attorneys. And then all of a sudden they make a big deal out of it and they, they say they won't work on the case anymore. I mean, there's just... There's all sorts of problems. And one of, and it, one of the other big things that I see is just, you know, with young attorneys, expecting rapid advancement is a big problem. With attorneys that are partners in law firms, a lot of times fighting about their compensation all the time and moving, you know, so they, someone needs to be manageable to work in a law firm and a lot of times they won't be. So, so that's just kind of how it works. I feel like this is a uh, malady that particularly afflicts young men, 23, 24-year-old men who don't want to be told what to do. Bray, can you talk a little bit more about that, about understanding, like not being that typical cocky kind of lawyer and why you need to maybe tamp down your ego? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it really just brought to mind a story of this this one guy who was like a junior associate at the firm. And he had requested paralegal support. What he wanted this paralegal to do was to come in every morning before he got in look at his emails and folder them for him and kind of put them in some sort of triage for him, which is a very bold move. Um, and I do see this all the time with like a particularly young men. It's absolutely true. They think that they can ask for anything that they want. A similar thing happened when I was working at, like as a DA at the DA's office as a clerk. This guy just thought that he could do anything. I mean, he just had no kind of real sense of self and no um, humility. So he, he was completely incompetent, honestly, um, but he was not aware of that. I think it's being humble and kind of making sure that you fit into the mechanism of, of the firm and that you're not upsetting the apple cart by by asking for things that are just so beyond. And, and in these individuals' defense, you can kind of see how it develops. They're probably really smart. They were really smart in high school. They did really well in law school. Uh, and now they come roaring out into the world. But just as you say, not having that sense of self to have a little bit of humility that you haven't figured everything else out yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think some of these other points Harrison's made in his article are very true as well. I mean, I think people who have already been in some sort of a supervisory position and have been the ones doing the managing might have to really take a take a step back into a, a more supportive role. And that might be difficult for some people. Um, and that can happen often with people who where law is a secondary career. We see a lot of attorneys who are kind of coming into law after having already had a whole separate career. And they were the you know, big man on campus in their previous life. But now they're going to come in and be in a very junior role and have to do the work that's given to them in the way that, it, that it's supposed to be done. So, you know, that's particularly something to be on the lookout for, you know, if you, if you have had a past work Life. Harrison, can you expand on that idea of tamping down your ego? Why that's so important when you're going through this process? Yeah, I mean, there's and again, it's important to remember that the ego is something that affects both partners and associates. You know, from the associate point of view, I mean, you know, for younger attorneys, the law firm is looking for soldiers, so they're looking for people that will carry out orders and just march and, and do what do what's expected and asked of them. And you know, it's really important to kind of keep you know in mind the difference between a soldier and um, a general. And so a lot of times people expect to be generals. And I think, you know, the, a general would be someone like in Bray's example, who's having their emails organized for them every morning before they get in. But when you're young, you need to be a soldier. You need to do that for a long time. You know, from the partner standpoint, when you're part of a group of people, you have to contribute a certain amount to the pot. And so I, I see partners a lot of time, you know, a lot of times just, you know, leaving 
you know, because of some slight or something, you know, a management committee or, um, you know, demand for more compensation. So that, I, th- I just think those are two kind of, you know, difficult things in terms of expectations. Okay. Number six, the final factor, will you do the job long-term, emphasis on long-term? I think it's pretty easy to come into a new job, guns blazing, working really hard, and that can peter out after a year or 18 months. What you're pointing out here, Harrison, is you got to be prepared to do this for four or five years at that level. And if you're not able to do that, um, this probably isn't going to be the job for you. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. I think law firms want to hire people that are going to be stable and that are going to be committed. And a lot of people go into jobs with the expectation that if things don't work out, they can leave. It used to be that when someone would join a law firm, they would plan on staying there their whole career. And now that people are lateraling and stuff, you know, like very frequently, um, people go in with the expectation that if they don't get what they want or the law firm doesn't immediately meet their expectations, that they can very quickly move and join another law firm and, and do that. And law firms want people that are going to put their roots down and stay. I've noticed that when I've hired people to work in this company, you know, if somebody was at one or two years in their last job, the odds are they're going to be one or two years in this job too. And if someone was 15 years in their last job, the odds are that they'll probably be 15 years of their next job. So, you know, law firms want to hire people that, that they believe are going to stay. And it's very expensive to hire new people. It's also bad for morale. It's bad for the clients. There's all sorts of problems. So I think in the article, one of the things that I look at and talk about is, you know, if the person has a lot of connections to the area, like with their family, they've been stable in past positions. If they're trying to do a job that's similar to the one they did before and not something new. And then if, if they're, you know, seems like the things they're talking about are all related to their current position, you know, and not wanting to do something else. Bree, how important is it to be prepared for the, the marathon rather than the 100-yard dash? Yeah, it's, it's incredibly important. And, you know, one of the things that all of our recruiters do ask as a very first question when we kind of talk to our candidates for the first time is, why are you looking to move? Because that is the question that you need to answer. And there are so many times that candidates don't have a good answer for that. I mean, sometimes it's beyond their control. They are getting you know, pushed out and they have to find a new job. But as a recruiter, our biggest goal is to make a good story as for why they want to be moving. Um, And that can be a real challenge for us. And if we don't have a good answer to that, it's less likely that they're going to be successful in that transition. I mean, some people relocating, like moving home, that's a great story. They want to move home, want to be closer to their family. It makes a lot of sense why they are looking to move. If they want to move because they're looking to switch their practice area, that doesn't make any sense. You have not shown any commitment. So that when we write cover letters for our candidates, we really try to tell that story and it makes our jobs easier and the transition for the candidate much easier if that story is compelling. So those are the six factors and maybe we'll just open it up for some concluding thoughts and to get that kickstarted. Let me just ask you, Harrison, these six factors, you wanted to write them down and share with current attorneys looking for new jobs which suggests that this isn't widely known or widely understood by a lot of people looking for for work in this field. Why do you think that is? You would think a lot of this stuff would be, if not self-evident, then certainly someone would have mentioned it to them along the way. Why do you think you're still encountering so many people that aren't aware of these six factors? Well, I think the big thing that happens is I think, I mean, everybody really thinks about themselves and I think that their ego uh, a lot of times is involved. Uh, you know, in, in things. And, um, and, I, and I think many of these factors, you know, that you can see are all related to the ego of an attorney. I think the big thing to remember is, you know, if you want to work for someone else, you have to, you know, kind of 
tone your ego down and, and, you know, want to work for someone else. And I think, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, I notice this with, with everybody. I think a lot of times people come into interviews and they go into the job searches and so forth, just thinking solely about themselves. And, and you can't do that. I mean, your, your focus, you know, needs to be outside of yourself. And, um, you know, and, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing that I think. Of. And I don't know what, what Bree's opinion would be, but that's that's my opinion. I think it, it is a matter of just not thinking about this stuff when you are in school. Um, it's just not something that you're really focused on the actual life as a lawyer. You're focused on taking the exams and doing the work. This article is important to kind of take a step back and think about where you fit into the actual law firm equation and why they would be looking to hire you and what they actually need. And like Harrison said, it's really about kind of taking that focus off of yourself where it's been placed for three years in law school and putting it on external factors. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the program. If you're interested in making a change in your career, go to bcgsearch.com. We'll see you next time.